You're now tuned in to Red Sea Radio, Fairfield University's only student-run podcast covering all things Fairfield Athletics. In the first half of today's episode, Kyle and Jack take a look at the MAC transfer portal and also some MAC news from the past week. In the second half of the show, they attempt to answer the question of why Fairfield students don't show support for Fairfield Athletics on this campus. All that and more right now on Red Sea Radio. All right, live from Lower BCC, this is Red Sea Radio. Back again, another week in the WVOF 88.5 FM studios. I'm your host, Kyle Majewitz, along with Jack Sarasulo. After a week off, we're back. How you feeling? Good. You know, baseball scenes are... I know Fairville baseball has been doing great recently from what I've seen, but it's baseball season in general, which is like the beginning of spring. And it's nice. warm out today. Yeah, it's, it's nice. hot out today, Very actually. nice out. And, uh, yeah, it's, like you said, it's kind of turning the corner to that spring, beautiful Fairfield campus, as the Convocation Center is also looking kind of more well put together. Yeah, I see there's, there's like glass brick on the, on the outside. Now. It's yeah. not just... Uh, and they got glass windows now. They kind of oh, put the windows in on the front, I think, if you see from the front side. I think they put some windows in, too. So it's, it's looking more put together. There's like a center of it. There's like yeah, yeah. There's, there's it's, actually something to look it's at. It's taking shape, so yeah. that's nice. We got a we got a long show today. Um, the first half of the show, we're going to cover some Mac news, Mac basketball news, and then second half of the show is going to be kind of double as one of my podcasting projects. We're going to have a really interesting, I think, conversation about why Fairfield students don't show as much support for Fairfield athletics as we would like them to. So. Let's start off with the Mac transfer portal shakeup. Uh, the portal's been crazy since the season ended. Um, not just for the Mac, but just college basketball portal is blowing up everywhere. And uh, we're going to go through today all of the Mac uh, people in the portal. Not necessarily every player, but kind of the more important players for each teams. And uh, I guess offer up our opinions on on those. So. First, we'll start with Fairfield. Obviously, we knew that Sevis um, was in the portal. We talked a little bit about that on our last show, so if you wanted to hear our opinion on that, and Frank as well, you can listen to our last show. Also, Chef has been in the portal for a while. The new one this week is Jason. You know, that might have happened, what, two days ago or so? Yeah, that was pretty recent. So he's now in the portal. Um, what is What's kind of your take on that? There is really no take. I mean, he didn't. He barely played. I mean, he played in the MAC tournament two years ago, but like overall, we didn't really see him play at all. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of been hurt. That's kind of how his whole career. That's kind of how it's been. Like that's how it is for like all Fairfield players in the all Fairfield players in the portal right now. It's like we've barely really even seen any three of them play. So it's like you came and look at it as it like yeah, a, and you you haven't had any. You can't judge. Really grown a connection. You can't judge. You can't judge the loss of them. Because they haven't played really at all. I mean, Sevis makes sense because you kind of thought of him taking a step next year into the lineup because of how many guards they're losing. But Jason Chef with the guard with the bigs they already have, it's like I don't know. It's not really as big of a deal. I think Sevis is a lot bigger deal than the other two. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we did see some kind of bright spots from Jason here and there, but he just barely played, and it was weird because. A lot of his time was injury time that he missed, 
Like, we don't really know. Would he have been playing if he yeah, was, like if he he was didn't, healthy? Like his mono and because, all that Because, like, Jay Young still had him in the lineup for, you know, the MAC tournament run last year, you know, starting in some of those games. So it's weird how he went from, like, playing huge minutes in a MAC tournament run that saw us get all the way to the final and then only really just had injuries and then now he's transferring, you know? So it's I, I wonder what the conversation was between Jay Young and him, like, if – Jay actually had plans for him to be in the team if he was healthy or if he wasn't really going to play even if he was healthy but I guess we'll never know and uh, I guess just wish him the best of luck we were fans of him we thought you know he was exciting coming into yeah college. I mean, and also when he played he was he was fine when he played yeah so best of luck to all three of those guys but like you said I don't think it's necessarily a huge hit to our team just because like you said they barely played in the first place so it's not really like we're losing the only yeah much and the only thing with Stevens is like we kind of like going to the year we're like oh this guy could like be like kind of the successor for Caleb yeah and like now it's like you literally don't even have a point guard on the roster so just having that like security net of like a point guard that has been there for a year and it's kind of accustomed like the training and the system whatever that's the only thing that makes me nervous about the transfer portals that the Fairfield has. The few times we did see him, though, we mentioned last week, is we didn't really see much from him. That's true. When he did get his, I mean, even against some bad it's teams, it's an extremely like, small sample size. But like, yeah. still, you would like to have seen like just like some type of flash at yeah. some point. But best luck to them. I think overall it doesn't hurt us too much. I think it just depends on what we do moving forward in the portal and and you know with high school. Um, incoming students so moving on to St. Peter's probably the biggest hit team by the portal you have Banks Lee Eddard both Drame brothers and now today Rupert all in the portal um, the first the only one we know so far where he's going is Doug Eddard he's going to Bryant for this this one I don't know I don't really know if I uh, totally love this move by Eddard I feel like it's kind of somewhat lateral move in terms of teams. I just think like everyone's saying online, like funding is better, obviously, for Bryant versus St. Peter's. But I just think that, I don't know, you use this kind of uh, St. Peter's run as leverage if you're him. I would kind of want to go to like a, a bigger school I mean, and have like a lesser role on their team. I don't know if you saw it like when he got put in the portal, like the comments on Twitter and stuff, but like... Uh-huh. It was, like, a ton of, like, Seton Hall, obviously, was a big one because of whatever, Shaheen Holloway. And then there was, like, India. It was, like, these, like, very big schools. And it was just fans who probably hyped up from the run that were, like, just, like, all oh, I want this absurdly famous player. Yeah. But, like, the, it, it got me to the point where I was, like, is he really going to transfer to, like, Indiana? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I was, like, like there's even no. Have the skill for like, that? And it made, like, it got me kind of my expectations for where he was going to. Uh, transfer like higher I guess that like when Brian came up I was like really <laughs> like you're gonna do all that just to... it just feels weird that he's gonna like transfer no, there because it's just it just feels kind of lateral you I mean know? it's I know, a minor step up if yeah anything. I know funding wise it'll be better you know they probably play in a better gym they probably have whatever better I don't know resources but overall it just feels kind of lateral like I feel like if you're Doug right you just went to the tournament you kind of created a brand for yourself like they're selling like, like barstool merch yeah. from you and stuff i would want to go somewhere that i will 100 percent be in the tournament again next year even like even like a 
bigger mid-major. Not even like that. Like Brian's not even like a bigger mid-major than St. Peter's at this point. Obviously, like yeah. at this point, just stay and get keep that like brand of like St. Peter's on you. Because like I mean, now after this year, St. Peter's probably a, big, a much bigger brand than Bryant. Yeah, I mean Bryant. I mean Bryant was a pretty big deal because they had that that fight kid. and they had Peter Kiss. Yeah. So like maybe he likes what they're doing. Like they could be like a really good mid-major this year, but. I, I just know. feel like I would I would have gone somewhere. They're like the Sun Belt or something, like those like southern schools that like are pretty solid every year. Yeah, like the Coastal I, Carolinas, the UNC Wilmington. I would try to go somewhere where I can definitely get back to the tournament next year just because if he gets back to the tournament next year, he doesn't even have to play that much. No. Just the fact that he's in the tournament that game will become, is going to make him money, honestly. That game, will be, that game will be like appointment viewing just because he's going to be playing yeah, again. just because he's on the team. And like I said, he could play like two minutes in that game, but it would be a big deal. Because you know what's the funny thing? It's like whenever you see these like Cinderella like crazy players, it's never they never go back for a second time. It's yeah. always like one and done. Like when like Wofford went and like it was like Fletcher McGee or whatever his name was, like Florida Golf Coast. Yeah, like all those like guys that. like they come like do their thing and then they disappear forever. Yeah, so it'd be like yeah, the most like it'd be like a very unique situation to have him be back on a different school no less yeah no i think that would be like a great opportunity but you know you go to bryant it's like obviously they can get there but it's not like a sure thing it would have been interesting to see him go to like i just he he's just not big enough to play at those like yeah like i think it was just fans getting like i'm a victim of the moment that like this guy's a he's like there but i don't know it would be cool to see him be like a bench guy on like ruckers yeah, record. That's even more believable than like an in, like a blue blood Indiana. Yeah, like, no. I, I saw so many IU fans on on his comment section being like, "Come to Indiana, come to Indiana." I was like, "Yeah." And I mean, if you what? look at the tournament too, he like he played well in a couple that Kentucky games, game but, was what like kind of rose into superstardom. Yeah, he played well in a couple games, but he also had games where he didn't score as much. Overall in the season, he averaged nine and a half points, two and a half rebounds. You know, in the MAC, those aren't numbers that are going to get you into. No. Indiana. Or uh, yeah, I don't like care that. how much of a famous person you are. He's a what's six foot on a good day. <laughs> yeah. Like he's six two, one eighty five. Yeah, so like that guy. That's that's not gonna get you playing time at any of the Power Five conferences unless you have like John ja Morant bounce. <laughs> yeah, but overall, St. Peter's they uh, went from potentially being one of the better returning teams in the MAC to probably one of the lower expectation teams now going into this after losing all these I players. I don't even know who they would like. Because, like, I mean, they're... And Despo's the only one that but he's hasn't declared graduating, leaving. isn't he? No, I think he has one more... Oh, he's another like, year. COVID year or whatever. He hasn't declared what he's going to do. I mean, I don't really think it would be smart for him to stay, honestly. I mean, if he was on the brink of leaving last year with all those guys there and Holloway there, what makes him yeah. be willing to stay this year? Like, if he was on the... He, and he got the job done. Like, no, he, he doesn't owe good. them anything now. No, not at all. I mean, the fact that he was in the transfer portal and came out of it to have, like, that last year. I mean, he didn't know it was Shaheen always last year, but to do all that, like... And we talk about Edder. For Indefo, he's a guy, two-time MAC Defender of the Year. He's a guy who he's actually He's one guy that should, should, that should jump up. Even before yeah. this whole huge run, he was probably getting looks to jump up to, like, a bigger conference. So... I would like to see him leave. And he was, like, their best player in that tournament. I mean, Edder, like, obviously the other guys stole the show, but and Defo, we knew before this, the tournament started he was going to be their best player. Yeah, and he was huge in the uh, MAC tournament as well. So I would like to see him leave just for him, for his own sake, and obviously so Fairfield doesn't have to play him again. But uh, I think overall St. Peter's is not really going to be a team you fear next year anymore, which is interesting going from, like, such a high at the end of this season 
to like we're probably not going to fear them next year. If they returned everyone, we would have been. Oh, they would be like a shoe in to win the MAC again. Even with Iona, I think they would have look like people would be picking them to win the yeah. MAC. Yeah, but that I'd say they were definitely the hardest hit team by the portal. Uh, we'll move on. Siena, we had up next. They had uh, Aiden Carpenter is leaving. He actually is going to Sacred Heart, which is interesting. Uh, and then Colby Rogers, who's second-team All-Mac this year, I believe, leaving. So a couple of their players leaving. Um, it's interesting to see Carpenter. We've we've played him a few times now. We're going to play him Sacred Heart, kind of like going into the more like a rivalry space for us. That's going to be interesting. There's a couple guys in the MAC going to Sacred Heart, so we're going to uh, see some familiar faces. But overall, Siena, I don't know. They didn't really... Like I said, they didn't really scare me this year, even though they swept us. Yeah, and now they're losing. I, I mean, they're losing a couple guys. It's like Rogers is definitely the harder hit for them. But I mean, it, you have to. You also have to wait with all these transfers. You have to wait for who people who get back. Because yeah. like it's it's a two way street. Like everyone, all you guys are leaving. Someone has to replace them. Like they're not just letting these guys leave with no plan in place to get guys back. So it's hard to like judge whether Don Santa will... Yeah. Just, we don't know how they're going to look, but just in terms of people leaving for the portal is kind of like what we're going off of today. Maris is another one that got pretty hit um, by the portal. Raheem Sullivan, uh, Jawatuka, who's Mac Rookie of the Year, uh, Matt Harazmi, who we know played for a while for uh, Maris, pretty solid player for them. Sam Kello Sele, who is the guy who... Dropped 16 on us and 12 on us twice this year. Um, Braden Bell, Ricardo Wright. So overall for Marist, six of their top eight scorers are leaving. So that's pretty brutal for them. Um, And then you're losing the Mac Rookie of the Year, which I guess you can't really be shocked by wanting to move up. And they were were surprisingly solid for – I mean, we didn't – we weren't high on them going into the year. No. So to get kind of that momentum and kind of lose it right away – it's tough. It's tough for them, and they've kind of been. I feel like they've been in like Mac purgatory for a little while, like since we've been here anyway. Yeah, like just stuck in the middle. Not too great, not too bad. Or even stuck lower than the middle. So that's not going to help them in their progression. Uh, and then we had Iona. They didn't really lose anyone significant in the portal. They have some guys in there, but it's not really anyone worth noting. Uh, we move on to Ryder. So Ryder's actually this year they're gaining uh, Tariq Ingraham. From Wake Forest, who couldn't play last year. He was sitting out, I think, and he averaged 11 points per game, you know, the previous year, not the year he sat out, obviously. So that's going to be kind of someone to look out for in terms of, like, someone gaining eligibility for them. Uh, And then as far as losing people, they're not really losing anyone significant. So that'll be interesting for them because they just had that MAC run. We just saw Murray in the uh, post-game press conference of their loss in the MAC tournament guaranteeing they win the MAC next year. So let's uh, keep an eye out on that. And I think Ingraham's definitely going to be a solid addition for them this year. Moving on to Canisius, they actually had a little bit of a a tough portal so far as well. They lost Fofana, who was their assist leader, and also had 9.4 points per game. They lost uh, Harid, who was their leading scorer, 11.2 points per game, also with four and a half rebounds per game. And then Malik Green, who we know well, Finally. <laughs> 10.9 points per game, 4.9 rebounds per game, a 50% field goal shooter. So they've lost three solid players. And, you know, 
Canisius wasn't even that good to begin with, but they were losing three of their better players. Malik so. Green was single-handedly keeping them in games against us for the past, what, two, three years? Yeah, that game uh, that game that Taj had to tie at the end, right, this year, sent it to overtime. I think he played a pretty big role in that game as well. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to get worse unless they can do some damage in the portal themselves, but uh, not good for a team that was already what I'd say was probably the worst team in the MAC in terms of level, even though they didn't statistically wise they weren't the worst team, but I would say least fearful team in the MAC. And then uh, we'll move on to Niagara. They had uh, Raheem Solomon, who is going to Sacred Heart as well. He had 8.5 points per game the previous year. He didn't play this past year, but he's going to Sacred Heart. I think he might have went to school at like the Sacred Heart High School, prep school or something, but that's going to be another guy to look out for when we go hopefully play them in our new oh, convocation opening, center. Opening night? Hopefully. We'll see. But if that happens, that would be another guy to keep an eye out for who has a history with Fairfield and now will be playing in a rivalry game with them. The big one for Niagara, though, Marcus Hammond, all-MAC first team, one of the best players in the MAC, 18.1 points per game. Um, that's going to be another guy who can go up. Yeah, he can definitely go up a skill, a skill level. I would like to see him go to like a, like a higher, higher mid major. Yeah, or I'd like to see him play kind of like a lesser role on like a bigger team. You know? Yeah. Like I we mean, just saw uh, Pickett go to what Penn State, and he had a he had a pretty decent year. And there's so much that goes into it. it's like where you're from, like kind of. It's like there's yeah. so much more than just like where they want to, where it could be like the best basketball school they could go to. It's all about like relationships. Like he could. Have a relationship with some random other mid-major school that he wants more. Yeah, than. that's true. I would like to see him. But yeah, it would be it would be cool to see because he's some he's someone team. that could genuinely score at like a against like a legitimate defense. Like he has like enough. Yeah, and, and and like if he's just getting bench minutes or something like that, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, and it would be interesting. I'd like to see him in the tournament. He's a he's an exciting player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also lost Rob Brown the third, Manhattan. They law they're losing Samir Stewart, seven point eight points per game, twenty four minutes average per game. But aside from that, you know, not really losing anyone like Perez or anyone like, you know, super significant. And then you had Quinnipiac finally to round out the Mac. Bernie Blunt, nine point five minutes per game. Brendan McGuire, he's going to Sacred Heart as well. He uh, averaged nineteen point one minutes per game, four point six points per game, three round three rounds per game. Two and a half assists. Uh, Maguire's played a decent role in that Mac run they just had this past uh, postseason. And, uh, you know, he's a solid player. So three guys from the Mac going to Sacred Heart. And I know Sacred Heart lost some guys as well. But it's going to be interesting to see those guys in red and white playing against us. Hopefully a full crowd in the new Convocation Center. And uh, hopefully we beat them. So... That's kind of the portal. A lot, a lot of names leaving, and so far, not many that we've heard of coming in. So we're gonna have to keep a uh, keep an eye on that as time goes on. But I just thought it would be good to open up the show by keeping you all updated on who's out from the MAC because it's a lot of names. It's gonna look a uh, you know a lot different with the portal being so fluid, and there's no you know like sitting out or anything like that anymore. So. That's going to round that out, but we have a question first from our friend Frank. He says, if Fairfield could get one player from the portal, 
who would we choose and why? And the rule is that it has to be realistic. It can't just be, you know, the top transferring players. Yeah, obviously, we're not getting, like, Andre Cabello from Illinois. So Even though he did look like a Mac player in the tournament. <laughs> so, do you would you like to take this one first? See, I, I, I was looking through the transfer portal, and, like, again, I was saying before, it's, like, so hard to predict this stuff. Because also, I didn't... I was looking through it, but I wasn't going through, like, where they're from and stuff. I know it's a big yeah. deal, like, if you're from Connecticut, going to whatever. So I, I couldn't really find, like, a actual answer. If you give me some more time, I could probably give you one towards the end of the show. But I was looking more, like, three-star. Because, like, that, I was looking at the, the 247 Sports is what I was looking at. And, like, they had, like, Edder and mm-hmm. the drama is, like, they were, like, three-stars considered. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, that's probably around the, the range. Kind of, yeah, range where a player would transfer to Fairfield. So I wasn't really sure. I, had no, I don't have an exact name at this point, but that was kind of where I was looking in terms of star rating. So I cheated a little bit, too, because I'm not, you know, I don't really know who's in the portal. And also, I don't really watch college basketball outside of Fairfield and the MAC. besides the tournament. I'm not really huge into, like, college basketball unless it's Fairfield. So I cheated a little bit. I looked at the message boards and got Uh, some help from you guys. That's a good one. So one of the names that was in there on the message board is Rudy Williams out of Coastal Carolina. He's a senior, six foot two, hundred ninety pound guard, and he's from Ontario. So it's not really, in terms of like location, it wouldn't really make any sense. But he averaged fourteen point seven points per game for them, four point two rebounds, three point two assists, fifty percent field goal shooter, who is in the portal. Um, in terms of him, this would kind of be like the would be like a high, kind of a reach, because he's played well for Coastal Carolina, so I don't know if he'd be looking to move down, but that would be a very, very solid player in a position that we need. And then the other name on there in the same post, shout out to whoever posted that, I'm not sure exactly who it was, but it was Kyle Harding, a guard from Fresno State, he's a junior, six foot three, 185 pounds, he's from Roosevelt, New York, and he also, I believe, played a prep year in Long Island, so... It kind of makes a little bit more sense location-wise. He didn't play very well for Fresno State. He didn't play very much for them either. But that's kind of uh, another team that's kind of above our yeah, but play level. You you don't know if they're going into the portal to drop down to be a bigger role or drop up to be like a lesser role. Yeah, well, for this for Harding, the point is that he didn't play much for Fresno State. That's, what, that's my point. Like, Ru- so he has to be kind of going down. Yeah. I think with the other, who was it, Rudy? Rudy Williams. Williams. He might be looking to go up. That's why I said he's more of like and a reach. He also shows on it that he was originally committed to Kansas State in, during COVID year, during and 2020, then and then left. So he might be, took like a year to kind of rebuild his yeah. game and stuff. And then yeah, go that's, back up. that one's more of a reach. And then... It's kind of on opposite ends, and then Harding is more like the player who didn't play much on a good team and would probably be looking to move down, right? Because he averaged 2.3 his freshman year and then 0.4 his sophomore year. So didn't play much, but if he's moving down, he could still benefit a team like Fairfield yeah. in the guard position, which we need. Those are two guys to look at, and thank you again to whoever posted that in the message board because we're us. not portal uh, wizards <laughs> yeah. over here or anything, so... We're going to follow up with some additional MAC news. First of all, St. Peter's, they hired uh, Bashir Mason from Wagner, former Wagner coach. We're pretty familiar with Wagner. We've been playing them a few times the past few years. 
he was 165 and 130 overall uh, in his 10 years at Wagner. He won three regular season titles, never captured the postseason, and uh, he is a Jersey City native. So, I mean, it, it's a good hire for St. Peter's. Their their run was so based off, like, Jersey City, like, pride as well, too. Yeah, I feel it, like it makes sense it that they hired new, someone from there. And Shaheed Holloway seems so, I mean, obviously it was Seton Hall, but still, like, invested in the state of New Jersey. Yeah. Doing it better. Yeah, so it made sense that they didn't just grab some, like, random dude who has no connection, you know, at all. Um, and I, I just think it's a good hire for them overall. It's tough losing Holloway, who they were going to lose him anyway. Yeah, I mean, that was decided. Run. I bet if they hadn't won the MAC, I bet people weren't, wouldn't have been so Yeah, they like, might have been pumped. a little bit less receptive to him. But I think that was always going to be the plan. It was a perfect, I mean, a perfect ending for him. Yeah. And then another coach who had a perfect ending was Joe Frager, Fairfield Women's Basketball. So Fairfield Women's Basketball hired their new coach yesterday. It's Carly Tebow Dudonis, who is a former associate head coach of the University of Minnesota. She went to two Final Fours and is described as one of the nation's top recruiters, which is great for us. Former Mississippi State University assistant who bought in, uh, brought in some of their top recruiting classes ever. And uh, that was highlighted by a couple trips to the national championship game. She also comes from a coaching family. Her father is the head coach of the Washington Mystics in the WNBA and previous, previously coached the Connecticut Sun, who play right here. And uh, he was also an assistant way back for the Los Angeles Lakers, Chicago Bulls, and the Milwaukee Bucks. And her, uh, her dad coached Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, and won two championships with them in L.A., and then he went to serve as the assistant coach and director of scouting in Chicago. And listen to this. He drafted Michael Jordan. That's a very interesting uh, tidbit there. And also drafted Charles Oakley and acquired John Paxson, each of whom would contribute to the Bulls, earning six championships later on down the road. He's also a three-time WNBA Coach of the Year and two-time NBA champion, as I mentioned, a bronze and gold medalist with the uh, USA women's basketball team. So she comes from a very storied coaching family, and she obviously has a very deep history in recruiting as well. So that's great for, for Fairfield. And I think when you pair a good recruiting coach with a new arena and a MAC championship that we just had, I think it's a good recipe for um, prolonged success. Getting you know a lot of good players to come in because they're going to have to do a lot of good recruiting, just losing like All seven their, yeah. top seniors. So I think it's a it's a good hire, and I'm excited for the future there. So that's Mac coaching news. Quickly before we get into our next segment, I'll just mention some Stags baseball. Stags are 15 and 14 overall, six and three in the conference. They had a rough weekend against Ryder. They took one of three. Ryder was obviously the team that dethroned us last year in the MAC playoffs. They play Sacred Heart today at 3 p.m. For anyone that listens to this before 3, the show probably won't even be over before 3, so I'm not sure if you'll catch it. But play Sacred Heart today at 3, and then this weekend they play against Manhattan away. That's going to be a big uh, series because Manhattan is also 6-3 and three in the conference. So hopefully they can go down there and uh, win that series as well finally a little justin guerrera update he's actually playing well right now in uh the mets organization 
Got a lot of. I saw him a lot in spring training. Yeah, he played, played some. Him. He got some. Uh, like I don't know how many at bats he I, got, I, he, but he got some play. He played behind Scherzer at one point. I know there was one game where he was on, like he was really? playing third base the day that Scherzer started. <sighs> so that was cool. Yeah, it's just a good experience for someone like that who just got drafted. You know, not even a year ago. Right now, this season, he has 11 at bats, three runs, four hits, three RBIs. He's batting 364 on the season. Obviously, the young season just started, but he is. Uh, I think he's in St. Lucie, so it's the uh, still Rookie a single ball, a, a ball. affiliate, but um, playing pretty well. And he had like similar numbers last year, so hopefully he keeps progressing. And it's great to see him like in those st- spring training games, like you said as well. So with that, we're gonna move on to the second half of our show. For those listening, the second half of the show will be kind of um, a multi-part thing because it's gonna be a part of my final project for. Our podcasting class. Um, I think I'll wind up actually posting my final project on our Spotify and stuff so that you guys can listen to it because I think it'll be pretty interesting. But essentially what I'm going to do in my final project is try to tackle the question of why students don't really show up to games here at Fairfield and attack it from three different ways. First, we'll be looking at it from perspective of people who do like Fairfield athletics that are students so that'll be me and jack today i'll also be looking at it from the perspective of a student that we're friends with that doesn't watch fairfield sports really and then i also might look at it from um perspective of people who work for fairfield athletics so it might be a three-part thing and uh i'll probably post that as well but this segment right here will be one of those segments in that final project so i'm gonna be kind of just Moving along with the show, but I thought I'd let you guys know that that's what this next segment will be. So, one of the most noticeable issues on this campus that relates to Fairfield Athletics is the lack of school spirit and attendance of Fairfield students at sporting events. Many of the students on this campus are sports fans and even consider themselves fans of college athletics, but still fail to support their own school. So, Jack, along with myself... You know, we're one of the biggest Fairfield Athletic fans that are students, I'd say, on this campus currently. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, pretty close. Probably up there. I can't think of anyone else. There's, like, maybe, like, a couple people, random people that we don't know that... Maybe. But, I mean, we have this show here and stuff, so I think we go to pretty great lengths for our school's athletic program. And today I just wanted to sit down with you and have an open conversation as to why we care so strongly about Fairfield Athletics and why others don't, and maybe offer up some ideas as to how we could see it grow on campus. So my first question to you, and I'll answer as well as we go through this, you know, i kind of just like you to discuss why you personally care so much about Fairfield basketball and Fairfield athletics in general. I mean, it's just like a sense of, like, ownership. I mean, like, we could root for, like, professional teams all we want, but, like, that's not like a, I don't know, we're for like the New York Yankees or the New York Mets or whatever New York team. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're a part of the community and stuff, but it's not like, what's the reason you root for them? It's like mostly it's like, oh, I just like them. There's like no reason to it. It's like you root for your college that you go to. It's like I root for them because it's like, it represents my education. It represents me as a person. Like when you, yeah. like when St. Peter's goes to the Elite Eight, and like if we were if that was Fairfield in their shoes, like we would take it as if like we made it to the Elite Eight. Like yeah, us, yeah. us ourselves as students of the school. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's just like a sense of connection to it because you actually go here and you feel like you're a part of it. Even though you're not on the team or anything like that, you still feel like 
them advancing, like you said, is is you advancing, or them succeeding is you succeeding, and it's just a sense of pride. I I feel like that's kind of why, you know, supporting pro sports teams, right? It's like a little bit more difficult because you don't know the players, you don't see them. Yeah, you don't see them on campus every day. Like you that. know, you like the team because your family kind of birthed you into liking yeah, that team, like, or because you just picked them. Maybe you bandwagon; they were a good yeah, team, but. Like, you don't have a real connection to them um, until you kind of develop one, I guess, as you grow older. But Especially with, that way with, like, college teams. Because, like, I know we, like, know Duke fans and yeah. whoever, Kentucky fans, UNC fans. It's like, do you, like... Th- There's how no do you, real connection yeah, there, there at all. Like, there isn't. It's like, maybe your dad went to that school, or your parent, one of your parents or grandparents. It's like, but, like, do you really have that connection? And then at Fairfield, it's like, you go here, you see the players... You know, you may have class. With there's them, just so like, much more of a connection. I think that's probably one of the re- biggest reasons why I've grown so much to like Fairfield as well. Also, working for them as well too. I feel like, even though I don't have like a real position or big job for them, I just feel more connected. You feel like, like you are contributing to like yeah, their success and, in a way. And you know, I work with and see all these people that like do all the behind the scenes stuff that goes into it. That it makes me just feel like I want the teams to succeed for them to succeed as well like i don't know it's just so much more personal to to like a team that you go to the school and i don't know i've always been that way like high school uh eighth grade i won i won most school spirit in eighth grade so i've always been that way i guess but that's kind of why we personally care so much about fairfield basketball fairfield athletics so also it's like Especially at Fairfield, it's like more of a sense of community because like it's like a small, small school. school. Like, it's like a lot easier. Like Ohio State, it's like those aren't even like students; those are just like basically just their athletes. They're yeah. professional athletes that happen. You'll never to really play see it. those kids yeah. around. And yeah, like you said, they're just guys, pretty much like a stop on their on their career yeah. down path down to the you know pros. But here, it's, it feels a lot more personal because it's a small school. So now we talked about why we like the team and why we support Fairfield Athletics, I wanted to tackle some issues about why people don't care about Fairfield Athletics. So what are some of the main issues that you've heard from others regarding why they don't care about Fairfield Athletics? And then I'll offer up some of mine as well, and then we can kind of tackle them one by one. I I think we'll have similar ones, but it's just like, A, they haven't been good, really. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why why watch a bad team that doesn't, like, it's hard to watch them, it be... Like I, I, I think you've noticed. Like ESPN Plus, all the basketball games are on ESPN Plus rather than ESPN whatever. So it's like you have to go get the app for ESPN, mm-hmm. buy a subscription that costs money every month, and then find the game if it's even on there. And see, I think like I think we both think this, but like the one sport that like at any college that people go to and watch, no matter how bad or how terrible the team is, is football. Mm-hmm. Like. It's like a like we watch a UConn is what an hour away from us and they have the worst football team of like all time. Yeah. But I guarantee you the entire school on Saturday mornings get up gets up to like at least tailgate the game may, may not go but tailgate at UMass too nearby us worst team ever but I know we know if we have friends there that literally go nuts for UMass game days even if they don't go to the game but still like a sense of like fan pride of yeah. tailgating. And events. a large part of college, too, is just, like, the social aspect. And I have that, you know, planned to talk about later on. But 
that tailgate, like you mentioned with football, that social aspect of people going out and like taking pictures, put it on social media, like all of that plays into the fans that don't really care about the football game or they don't really care about the basketball game. They'll still show up for that aspect. But Fairfield doesn't really have that aspect. Not just obviously football, but we don't have tailgates and for anything. I think that's what the the new center is going to do a lot for. Is like in basketball, it's like the arena brings people in. Like mm-hmm. some of the bigger schools have like these insane, like almost NBA level arenas, yeah. and it like makes people want to go to the game. So it's like same way with like football. It's like oh, there's a place to tailgate all the time on Saturday mornings for. A football game, you might not care about the football game, but there's a place to tailgate. There's a cool place to go and socialize, yeah. even if you don't care about the sport. And it's something to do, yeah. something that's, like, sanctioned. Like, you can actually do it. It's not like you can go down to the point and you get kicked off yeah. in five minutes because the neighbors are pissed. It's like it's you there. Can go. You're supposed to go there and yeah. be in a large group. And it's encouraged. Yeah. It's, you're not going to get in trouble, you know, because the school obviously sanctions a lot of, like, gatherings on campus but if it was like a tailgate it would be something that would be encouraged and that students would want to go to Mm -hmm. so let's tackle some of these issues one by one so we mentioned how the teams are bad so you know when you think about it it's a weird question because when you think about it there are a lot of teams on this campus that aren't bad right so baseball just went they got an at-large bid went to the college world series regional won multiple games women's basketball they just won the conference played in texas played a good game Women's lax is constantly top of the league. Volleyball is constantly top of the league. Field hockey is constantly winning, right? So there are a lot of good teams on this campus. But then you have, like, basketball, for example, men's basketball, which is probably the most, I guess, profitable or whatever. Yeah, most, most likely to draw a attendance. Aren't that good. So, like, do you just think that it's an issue of people only care about the men's basketball? or? I mean, if you just look at, like – college sports that are on TV any any given day, what do you usually see? Basketball, college football, football. College basketball and football. Men's yeah. basketball mainly. I mean, women's does get a lot of shine, but not in those smaller conferences. You see more of, like, the big schools getting their ESPN games and stuff. But football and basketball, men, like, fo- men's basketball and football are the two biggest moneymakers in all college sports, no matter what school it is. And that's why I feel like where Fairfield struggles most, obviously, without a football team in general, and then basketball kind of being all over the place from where they play and all that stuff. So would you say, like, regardless of how good these other teams do, like, if the basketball team's not doing well, I mean, the attendance will probably be low across it's the board? Like, like, how many schools do you know that have, like, absurd viewership for, like, their women's volleyball team, no matter how good they are? Like, it's just, like, it's not yeah, like yeah, I'm, no. like, taking a shot at it, but it's just, No, like, I, I agree with you. I just kind of wanted to, but like, I guess, bring it up. Like, I mean, we watched... Last year, when they went to the MAC final, like we had, there was everyone was watching their games just because Fairfield was going, like was doing well in basketball. So it's yeah. like it shows that just winning makes you more likely to makes more people likely to go and watch. Yeah, I think game. winning definitely makes it more likely for people even to go base- to watch. Even but baseball. it has to be a sport that people are going to go and watch. Yeah, no, like yeah. baseball. We mentioned baseball even- had those crazy tailgates last year or whatever in the outfield. Because they were winning, kind of. And, and that's my point with football. Like, it's the same thing with football. Like, that's kind of just people didn't really care about the game, but they just wanted to tail. They just wanted tailgate. to socialize. And, and at that part, at that point in time, that was the only place we could socialize because we weren't allowed to. It was kind of stupid, but we weren't allowed to gather on the lawn right behind that lawn. But we were allowed to yeah. gather in the outfield of the baseball game. So it 
it was kind of a lot of people just getting around the rules. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's really cool for people like us who like the team or the players themselves who have a big crowd that wouldn't be there regardless. Or It's a way that the school can benefit by having these social gatherings on yeah. campus. It's like they're going to happen anyway. You might so as if well you allow a tailgate, tailor them to your sporting event. Exactly. If they're going to happen regardless. So if you, like you said, tailor them to a tailgate for baseball or for basketball, it's going to draw kids to actually go to those games that would never and ever I mean, have went. Now with the new arena, it's like easier to have those kind of events. It's ginormous, yeah. and there's like bars and stuff. Wherever there's a bar in the stadium, like just like things to do, things to like things to get in the stadium like outside of like alumni hall which is like what it was just a building there was a basketball really. court yeah just a hallway in the yeah front. <laughs> now it so, has like an actual like concourse with like stuff to do yeah stuff to eat. they didn't even have a real like snack bar they just had like a table set yeah up. it's like a high school gym so another issue i wanted to tackle was that people say it's not easy to get to the game specifically this year with basketball being off campus i'll admit it did have its flaws right webster bank arena is off campus and the shuttle had issues this year i know oh, yeah. you had issues we with had the issues shuttle. with the one time we used the shuttle it and, just didn't show up right and it's even funnier because like when the shuttle did work it drew some people like that st peter's game we went to was like probably the, some of the most people you've had at a game all year for yeah probably all year yeah so like i mean if the shuttle works and they get it out that there's a shuttle team people the game people would go especially on like tuesday nights like or like Thursday nights. Yeah, like what, what else are you yeah. doing? Yeah, but then the issue is that there was multiple times where the shuttle didn't show up on time or it didn't show up or, you know, it was just very sloppy in terms of, I guess, the coordination. And that just hurts because, like, obviously you wanted to go to the game. You know, you didn't care. You waited because you're like, I like Fairfield basketball, whatever. But say there's kids off. that, like, this is their first time going. They're like, oh, I'll take a chance and go to this game. And then they show up there and the shuttle's not there. That could completely turn them off yeah. for good. Like, they never want to go Especially back. if they're on the fringe of going. It's like, oh, like, we're here. We're waiting for the shuttle. It's freezing out. It's not here. It's the game starts in 20 minutes. Whatever. Don't. I'm not doing this Yeah, crap. it could turn like, them off, not just for that game, but forever. Yeah. Like, to never go back. So that's kind of sloppy. But, you know, it's interesting because schools like Providence, right, they don't play on campus. They have their arena, um, Dunkin' Donuts Center. So, you know, students still find a way to get there but then if they again, really want you to. have province in the Big East playing NBA like you, you gotta take into account the quality of basketball like they yeah, were yeah that is true cause like obviously if Fairfield was like playing like like <laughs> a Villanova comparison like a, like a Kentucky or something just like on any given night at home it's like you wanna go People see will show up Kentucky regardless. play yeah or Villanova yeah, play I think kind of most of our conversations can always go back to how the team's performing but I think it's just still worthy having these different points of conversation. But that's also another thing. It's like the competition. Like, there, are, there is no, like, ginormous school that fear. Like, Iona is, like, the closest thing we have to yeah. it. And, like, I mean, it's the coach that people are drawn to, not even the players. So, like, the average person is going to know who Rick Pitino is even. And also it's, like, why you go to a game to see a coach stand on the sideline. It's, like. Yeah, yeah. It's not, like, <laughs> the other teams players are going to draw in people yeah. you're saying as compared to other schools where that will happen like Villanova you have like NBA players every year it's like if you go to Providence it's like oh, I'll go to the game and go see Villanova because it's like a huge deal yeah future NBA players playing like, probably everywhere. a good game like all that stuff so our third issue you want to tackle is about people not knowing about the game so this is kind of an issue of you know people not being aware of 
you know, a game even happening that day, right? So I wanted to ask you first, like, how do you know about games on campus? Is there something that finds you, or is it you having to look up most of the time, like, oh, are they playing tonight? I mean, What's going on? Most of the time, especially basketball, it's like, I mean, especially basketball a little bit less because, like, I feel like they do a solid job with promoting at times, especially if they have, like, events at the games. But most of the time it's like I log on the ESPN and look at the games for the Mac, like, every any given night. And I have you reminding me also because you're working most of them. Yeah. But, so, like, most of the time it's just, like, me checking the ESPN app because I'm always on the ESPN app anyway. Yeah, I was going to say for my answer you kind of said it, but from working most of the games is how I find out about them. But if I didn't work, I think a lot of the times – I would just have to pretty much Google. They definitely sneak up on me sometimes. Yeah, and I also, like, I'll keep in my Safari on my phone, like, I just have the tabs of, like, when it's basketball season, I'll have the men's basketball schedule open. Baseball right now, I'll have the baseball schedule open, and I could just always go check it. But I think it's an issue of, like, not students who don't care as much as we do aren't going to do that. So it's an issue of students who don't care as much or the more casual fan not knowing about the games happening you know, you have to actively seek it, and a lot of these kids are not going to actively seek it. And even on, like, if you have, like, there's TVs in all these different schools, all these different buildings, like, why, like, on the DSB, why not have, like, a, a rotating, like, thing when it's, like, sometimes it's, like, the, like, oh, that person staring at you being, like, this is the number one business school in Connecticut or whatever. Yeah. Thing. Why not have it cut and be, like, oh, basketball game tonight, at whatever, and then cut back? Yeah, so that's my answer to tackling this issues i actually blame fairfield university marketing not the athletic not, marketing not not my bosses <laughs> i want to make that clear i do not blame my bosses i blame fairfield university's marketing like the school their itself. scheme their scheme not the athletics like the school itself well because they can only put it out enough like you put it on instagram you have to be following those accounts in the first place like that's that kind of- yeah so that's my point is that you know those who run the official fairfield university instagram page and they send out the emails, whatever. You know, there's not – I looked last night. There's not a single men's basketball picture on the regular Fairfield U Instagram from this entire and, season. And that, too, it's like I follow men's basketball on different social medias like Twitter and stuff. So that also – it's like every day they do like a game game day. Tonight. Yeah, that like, helps you see it. But, and, f- but if you're not following them, you have no idea. Like, exactly. The Fairfield U account hasn't posted a single basketball thing all season. The only time they post is when we win a championship, which makes sense, but – there's you no, gotta, no you single game notice build the, the entire hype, season. Because you want people to watch that championship, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> I think that the school itself does a very poor job of promoting these games, and they kind of leave all of that work on the Fairfield sports accounts. But the issue with that is Fairfield University has 23.8 thousand followers. Fairfield Athletics only has 8,000. And then men's basketball only has 2,000. And Stags in the Stands, which we use students-wise to promote the games only has 978 so you're decreasing that pool of people to see that so much by not posting any of that on fairfield u and i know that that's not really um the fault of fairfield athletics marketing because it's a completely different group of people who run those accounts and they're just so particular about what they post like i don't really know this but i just see it from their instagram if you look at their instagram it's so they're going for a certain like aesthetic almost like it's like all about the scenery and the academics and stuff yeah. like that. They post like very specific pictures, but I just feel like their Instagram's kind of poor and it doesn't really do sports any justice at all. Like if you were a prospective student and you just looked at Fairfield U, their Instagram, you wouldn't really see anything about sports. So, 
you know, and, and Fairfield U is the one account that probably everyone that goes here follows. Yeah, it's like more so than no any matter athletic if you're thing. a athletic, a basketball fan, athletics fan, like you just went to the school, you're most likely following. to follow it. So I think that that's a major issue is that they aren't very proactive, and like you said, they could be putting it on the TVs and the Tully or the whatever all these different advertising boards they have around here that advertise like random quick center events yeah. that no one goes to or like like all these different things that like i guess promote the educational side of the mm-hmm. university but they're things that no one really cares about and then you won't put like fairfield basketball, basketball plays tonight, tonight or baseball plays baseball this men's lacks whatever like it's i feel like the school doesn't isn't very receptive to like those type of ads and stuff so that's a big issue that i have with um you know people not finding out about games or even knowing about them in the first place another thing we have another issue that i said was that there's no real connection to the teams so we talked about this a little bit so far you know you mentioned like when you go to ohio state right the football team obviously you're not going to know the players or anything but that doesn't really hurt them because the players are such big name brands and the school teams themselves like ohio state football itself is already a huge name brand that it doesn't matter if the players know the athletes or not they're still going to go yeah because it's a huge thing it's like going to a professional football game yeah but here like the culture on this campus is not the same at all like it's a very clicky school it's like a small school so it's almost like high school where like type of groups where like kids just hang out in groups more so than they do as one so like kids are not like they don't feel uh inspired to go to these games of kids that they don't hang out with or don't know at all. Especially because they're not like it's not like their basketball plays pulling them to go see them. It's like I feel like it's more you're going to see Fairfield basketball play rather than see like this player play. Like oh I want to go see like their star player play. It's not. I feel like if there yeah, was something at, like, at a big school, it's like you that know player can that pull you, you know that guy that's like oh this guy's playing like I got to go see this guy. Yeah. Oh Zion's playing. Yeah. I gotta go. You know, Just I don't know name, Zion, but name any top school. It's yeah. like they have a player, and even the football team. It's like, oh, the quarterback is yeah, so I don't, good. I don't know him, but I'm still gonna go. This is a huge game, future NBA guy. You don't have that privilege here because that's not the type of players we pull in. That's not the type of so basically program we have. It's more so you have to like truly want to see Fairfield basketball play as like a unit. Yeah, and I've even heard students like when i'd be working maybe like checking tickets at like a soccer game for example i've heard students like pretty much say they're only here for the free stuff no well that too but (laughs) that too but i I would say they're only here because their friend is on the team and they feel obligated like they have to come watch them like they don't even want to be there but they have to but overall you know a lot of the athlete groups on campus are very closed off as well it's, like they don't they, really they're integrate. friends with each other yeah the athletes don't really integrate with the students much which is another issue because then the students never really get to know them and then they never feel and any sense of connection and that's one games. thing where Fairfield could do a great job of is like if like the team like the athletes are literally one as like one with the students as like mm-hmm. a unit it's like basically like it's like it's like high school almost where like you like everyone knows the kids on the team so it's like Everyone's going to go. Exactly. It's like like your high school football team or something like that. Everyone goes because everyone knows the kids, and then you feel a greater sense of connection, like we mentioned. And that doesn't happen here because the athletes are so closed off from the regular population of students, and you don't know them. Even though it's like a high school type of place where it's so— And I mean, like, you can't, like, force these kids to 
bond with like students. Oh, yeah, I mean, no. they have a huge schedule. It's like no, they, but that's that would definitely be unrealistic. But I just think like a solution would be having the athletes at least be a little bit more out there on campus, like advertising their games for have themselves. Them, have or, them even do like event or yeah, have them stand in the. In the uh, yeah, that's quad what I'm and like hand out tickets or something. Like know. do pop up events. Like we do pop up events, but it's run by like students or like interns. Yeah, it's like no, and it's like no, no offense one cares. to no offense to you, but I think they want to see like basketball exactly. players at or, them, or they just walk past. It's like they don't even know why we're there. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? But if you see like Supreme Cook standing yeah, at the table, the seven foot giant, like, obviously oh, he must be on the basketball team. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, he's promoting his game, and then it might. Want it might make you kind of walk over and see oh what is what's going on and, and if you like talk to them it's like oh they're pretty cool guys like. exactly and then you kind of then you get that sense of connection that you didn't have before um, and we never really do that on this campus we never really see them advertising I don't know if that's like a NCAA thing that they can't do that or whatever yeah, but I feel no, like they, they definitely must, can dude I mean the big, like you see like I don't know I feel like you've seen it before where like college athletes are like on campus like. Promoting, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it definitely, especially nowadays you can definitely you can stuff, definitely promote it has to your be own legal. game. Yeah, it has to be legal. So I just feel like having athletes be out there promoting their mo- their own game, or even making content with them, like walking around campus, maybe like interviewing people, like a like a TikTok kind of s- style content, like yeah. different things like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, Fairfield small has, things that could go a long way, especially because Fairfield is such a good mascot for it that they could. Like for TikTok, yeah. they could actually do that with their players. And yeah, I I think Lucas the Stag could be like a viral TikTok mascot yeah. if they really like pushed him hard enough. Because it's a, I mean, it's a good mascot. Then you add your own players to it, and then that's yeah, free advertising. All these little yeah. things. I just feel like if the players, when it boils down to it, I think if the players advertise themselves better and were just more like friendly on campus, I think it would incline more students to go to these games because they would develop more of a connection and then you tied in with the new arena it's like oh we have to walk 15 steps to go to a, this game oh why not free yeah. t- whatever free ticket two dollars whatever much it costs for a student my free uh ticket. my other idea that kind of goes off of that would be getting athletes named out there by having them do different things like on ca- especially with nil now having them maybe their own featured meal at the tully you know like mm-hmm. you know how like celebrity meals are big now like mcdonald's different yeah. things like that like you can have like a featured meal this week of this athlete you also have a totally... free free like idea with supreme cook for a meal exactly <laughs> it's like a free naming that's idea. the thing i even put that down on here on the script is like supreme cook even the levy right the levy which was hurting really bad last year during covid no one was going there it's like the levy could create a meal or create a sandwich named after these players or, or something. Even even with the levy, like have it be like a a bar to watch the game in. Like, they have a TV in there. Why yeah. don't they just make that like the a place watch to party? Go. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think they might have had a watch party for like the Mac game, but that was on it like yeah, it was on a, a weeknight or whatever, and it was five like o'clock. I think if they had that like be the place to go, these are the type of things that would benefit both the levy and the team. So it wouldn't even hurt either person. Or you make like a supreme cooked sandwich or something at the levy and it's like maybe he makes a little bit nil money off of that and maybe the levy makes money off of that and maybe people just, start watching the games like, and it's, it's just so like, mutually beneficial that rounds back to the point about like it's just a social experience like people don't people don't have to care about the basketball team but it gives them a reason to go to the levy and all their friends are going to be there for some reason exactly it's like I, sure i'll go it's it, like i don't care you a, go get dinner with your friends and the game happens to be on there and there's, and other, people there's there. other people there yeah, it's like oh my god they're here That's you know like it's know. it's it's just like such. There's so many little things. There's that I so think many be done. There's so many ideas that like 
we just thought up in the past 10 minutes. Yeah, I wrote this script yesterday for yeah. like an hour, and, and, you know, it's these little things we thought about. And they're all little things, but you put them all together, they could really go a long way in changing it from virtually no one going to the games to even if it's like a few groups or whatever, even 100 add, people. Even, yeah, if like, this even adds like a fraction of people going to the game, it's, it's, it's a, a win. success. Yeah. And it could bring in money for the levy or it could bring in whatever, help these athletes out. Even one thing, one space that like, I think like in town, restaurants in town too could be doing stuff like this, taking advantage of this NIL thing being a thing now. Chef's leaving, but we thought chef's table, chef's table <laughs> and chef could have easily done like a deal or Supreme Cook, like we said, could do a deal with anyone. And like some of these restaurants already sponsor these teams like Colony Grill, Garden like, Catering is always sponsoring us. So like, why not do something fun? Where, even as stupid as it sounds, even like the grape could do something. <laughs> yeah, the grape. I mean, the grape should be doing something. Yeah. They should be hosting watch parties all the time Yeah, and having drink specials. And that would pull in. A bunch of kids yeah. on a Wednesday night, or something. just happen to have Fairfield on the TV. It's exactly. Like, no one, no one watches the TVs anyway. Effort. Exactly. Yeah, no one even watches the TVs it anyway. Just even, have it on. It doesn't even take a lot of effort. It just takes a minimal effort, and it could benefit them monetarily, could benefit the school, benefit the, the programs. There's so many partnerships out there. Like I said, Garden Catering, Colony, they're always sponsoring Fairfield sports. You can make a player meal. They can get a little nil. It could be a good meal. People might just order that because it's a good meal. Yeah. And then there was, oh, what is a Supreme Cook meal? What is Who's Supreme Cook? Oh, he plays basketball for Fairfield. Oh, let me watch him. I want to see who that is. Like, I like this meal. And then, boom, you got another fan right there. Or you got another 25, 30 fans right there just from that. So it's like so many little things that could be so exciting. And I feel like these are the things that probably like a Providence does or probably like yeah. a Villanova does, but we just don't do it. And I wish that like we did. So as we kind of close out our show, we're going to just make some suggestions here. So what suggestions would you have? I know we mentioned some already, but is there anything you would have to I mean, suggest so that we can grow the attendance numbers? Get the arena done on time for next year, A. I think that's the biggest thing because I think that in general will make will make people go. Yeah, just having it done. Sure. Definitely more than this year. Yeah, And then B, I think it's just give people a reason to go. Like even if it's not a – about basketball focused it's not basketball we just have like a tailgate beforehand or have a drink like drink specials or something something that will get people to go that probably won't care about basketball but want a experience want something to do yeah and i have a, a few answers here and you could join in as well as i go through them but first of all as we mentioned have uh, athletes be more active on campus make their presence known and you know they can grow connection to the general public and uh, I think this will just increase attendance overall as people feel more connected to the program. Another thing I thought about is maybe recruiting students in different grades with outgoing personalities to become, like, the leaders of the student section at games or have them show oh, up. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, student yeah. section would be a... Like, you can recruit certain students who you know are outgoing. They're leaders of other clubs. They're vocal mm. on campus. And you tell them, hey, come to the game. Bring your group of friends, like... All these different people all have different groups of friends, as we know, like, it's very, like, grouped off. But if you everyone or a few different people bring their group of friends and they're outgoing people, they come, they start a student section. And then it could be small at first, but people could see that and they want to join. And then little I by mean, little it clumps being together. Being in a group is just fun. <laughs> exactly. And then one of the other things is, like, you don't even need a huge student section. And some things, like, we joked about this last year, but I think it would be – 
it would be awesome as it's you know he's getting older now but it's like supreme cook right you can have we joke about the judges uh chambers, chambers right it could be supreme's court and it's like <laughs> four people dressed as like a supreme court uh, justices supreme court people with like the old like yeah the, the white, uh, white the gown uh, the black gown and like the white wig or whatever oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. old colonial wig <laughs> or whatever like it's like little things like that you only need like four or five people and it's like supreme's court and that'd be like a little home court advantage kind of funny thing to do and it's like little things like that could really change i guess the makeup of going to a game at fairfield uh also i think there needs to be more student-run content and accounts um about athletics like for example obviously we have like our twitter but we don't really like i don't know we kind of just promote our show and talk about fairfield sports we have no affiliation with the school yeah exactly but you know you have like your college barstool accounts like you know North Carolina Barstool or whatever. We have a Fairfield Barstool as well, but they don't really post much. And then there's, like, the SB Nation accounts on Twitter that are, like, affiliated with, like, a larger organization that can promote them. But then they're also, like, the Fairfield version of that account, Fairfield Barstool or whatever. So there's a lot of those accounts, and they, they always do well by, like, promoting student activity on campus. Like, it'll be, like, funny videos from different yeah. parties or whatever on campus. But then they'll also have, like, an athletic element to them. Like well, they'll, they'll, like, be cheering for the team. I exactly. mean, Fairfield, and Fairfield Barstool did that for a stretch when they made it to the I MAC final. I think just during the MAC tournament. But Which, like, I mean, you, makes it feel, like, not as genuine that, like, they're all of a sudden. Yeah, and I would wish that, like, we had an account like that that could, like, chirp other teams and, like, make rivalries exciting. Like, Sacred Heart had that video about Lucas the Stag, like, yeah. like killing the Stag or whatever. It's like we need an account or even like the, that the, can chirp back. Even the main basketball account. I mean, St. Peter's basketball account during the Marsh Madness was, like, great. It was, yeah, like, super, think, like... Like, as end. time goes on, I think the old way of, like, doing social media Where it's was like, to keep it very professional. Yeah, have, like, game announcements, win, very final announcements. I think as time goes on and there's more, like, young interns and stuff at these places, like St. Peter's, or even you see, like big sports teams like making content that's more relatable to younger people and more funny and more out there and i think it's kind of serving them well even like funny stuff like like when they lose by a lot it's like oh final like them a lot us a little that was like, who? That, like, kansas just, like, city or someone did that yeah right, they the just did day? that with like the guard yeah it was like it was like just cleveland like, 17 us yeah. not 17 just like, like it's funny like just even that stuff is like small it's barely anything like you can still do your professional but it gives you character. It, it just gives, gives you, you life. Yeah, it it's makes, not boring. It makes you know? the account more lively. It makes you like feel like you can respond to the tweet, and they might respond to you back. Like Yeah, and I feel like like a Fairfield bar store or something like that, chirping, Sacred Heart, making funny content, and, and getting students riled up would actually like promote students going to the game. Yeah. Instead of just people like, oh, we're playing Sacred Heart. They're our rivals. Come at this time. Like Have some real fire behind that. Like yeah. Make it personal, and, and we don't really have that right now. On top of that, we need a real rivalry. I mean, Sacred Heart is technically a rivalry, but we only play them, like, once a year. And I feel like a lot of kids on this campus don't care. There's always... Like, most kids don't care most about schools, that rivalry. Yeah, most schools have a rival. Even, like, look at Yale and the Yale Bowl or whatever. It's, like, fair, all of Fairfield goes to that game. They don't even, go, they don't even like, go to any of the two schools. But since Yale and Harvard are such big rivals, it's, like, people will go. Yeah, and <laughs> I feel like a lot of kids on this campus don't even care about the Sacred Heart rivalry. So it's like, if they were able to find, like, that legitimate, like, in-state rival that they can, like, 
hang their hat. Like, too bad there's not, like, a – we're not a state school, like, a big enough school to be a state school. You don't have, like, a state versus whatever, like, Kansas versus Kansas State, those kind of things. Yeah. So those are always, like, basically automatically made rivalries Rival, like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't have to do anything with that. But, but like, I mean, it's a shame. even with Sacred Heart being, like, kind of a poor rival to us – they still packed that arena for that game this year. Yeah. Was like, there was, like, more than, like, the fire marshals, I think, even would allow. And that's there was, like, and, over 2,000 people. And, there. I mean, like, that's because probably they were hyping it up. Like, they had the, with you said, like, the stag, killing the stag thing. Like, they are. Yeah, they did a good job. hyping it up. Like, of marketing it. And so, they have, like, the Pio the Boys or whatever yeah. it's called. Like, they have that fan section. They, they have all the things that we were just mentioning of ways to improve. Improve us. And also, we could have a MAC rival, too, which would help more across the sport. So it's not just, like, our one basketball game with Sacred Hearts promoted every year. It's like, say, Quinnipiac, for example, they're in our state. state. It could be across the sport so that it's a rival in all the sports and not just basketball. But the thing is, no one cares about Quinnipiac either on this campus. Like, no current students hate yeah. Quinnipiac. If anything, yeah, you, you gotta, they probably like Quinnipiac. Yeah, you have to, like... There has to be something to, like, spark that rivalry, I guess, because it's, like, I don't know. That's I the mean, thing. Yeah, it has to be authentic. Yeah. And you can't just push it like, oh, there are rivals now. Yeah. There needs to be events that go on or content that comes out that's like and it's sparks like, it. Like, I own is probably the closest thing we've had to it because we've had a ton of good games and we play them in the final, like, maybe. But, like, I mean, I feel like everyone in the Mac thinks of Iona as their rival because it's just, just like. Just because they're the best. Yeah. Team. <laughs> exactly. The, it's, like, it's like if, like, everyone was like, yeah, the Yankees are our rival. It's just, no, it's just because they're the most hate. Like, <laughs> just you don't yeah. like them doesn't mean they're rivals with you. You just don't like them. Yeah. And you have to have like a pretty even rec- rivalries. Have to have like a yeah. Pretty it's like even you're back and forth. Well. You're any you team can be, win. Yeah, it can't just be one team winning the whole time. Our last point for this segment is that Fairfield is a college, and a large part of extracurricular experience of college is social gatherings, as we mentioned already. So we talked about this a little bit, but there there needs to be some sort of tailgate for games, especially big games, and I think for all basketball games, all home basketball games on this campus. Uh, one of the easiest ways to get students to come to games is by making it a social event. This will encourage way more people to go and even draw in people who do not care about the game simply because of their fear of missing out. Like, you know how girls are. Like, they, yeah, they like, need to be there for, like, the Instagram picture. They picture. see stories they, of, like, the game. It's yeah, like, oh, I wasn't there. They need to be there for the Instagram story. Like, that's the type of things that you can take advantage of as a school having, like, they're going to come to our game just for that. They don't care, but they're still going to come, and it's going to be more people. Like, they don't have to care about the game; they just have to be there, you know. And that's one yeah. of the ways to draw people there. And in general, I just think having it as like a social event would draw in way more people. And I know Fairfield really doesn't like to get involved with hosting social events; they rarely do it. They had like the one senior tailgate this year, but you know, I feel like. There's a way for them to – I know they get scared about, like, having, like, alcohol involved with, like, events that they host on campus. But there's still ways to get around that. Like, if they just host it as a tailgate with free food and a free DJ, like, of course students are going to probably, like, pregame it and get around that. But it doesn't have to be, like, posted online as, like, a drinking event and they can have it as, like, a – you know, just like a social food and DJ tailgate. So there's ways that they can definitely get around it and – it's something that goes on every weekend anyway, so why not benefit from it? Why not actually have it like a school-sponsored event? It would be more safer, and they would benefit from it by having way more fans. But I just think that, I don't know, they, they kind of shy away from that. 
I think they slightly realized it during baseball season, though, as they allowed us to be yeah. in the outfield. Because, I mean, it's they're not promoting drink. Like, it's just just because we happen to, or someone happens to be drinking while they're watching the game doesn't mean that they were promoting this. Yeah. Like, they, they get too hung up on, like. They're so, so strict about that, though, and they're so worried about their image or something. I don't know. But, like, they, it was such an obvious positive. Yeah, because like I mean, the players loved it. The Plus, opposing... it's, it's so much safer too, because it's like there's so many like the DPS is right there. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's on it's a, a main it's on a main road. Like <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot safer than them like highly discouraging it, and then people are doing it like in private. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such a mutually beneficial thing if they can just have like a tailgate that they host. Kids are still gonna get their social events in, and now the schools can get their fans. And it would just, I think that would be one of the biggest ways to, to tackle this issue. So, to summarize it, you know, we don't go to a school where athletics is the main focus of student social life. So, students need to be incentivized to show up. Those incentives include having them um, connected to the athletes, having them connected to social content created by students that gets people excited and invested, having a real rivalry that students can get behind and show up for. And having some sort of uh, social benefit to going to these to these games that will drive students to, to actually attend on the fear of missing out or not experiencing a, a great night out with their friends. So that's kind of the, the issues that we saw as Fairfield fans who really care. And it's hard to fully conceptualize it because we're so invested. Like it's almost like we can't understand why other people don't care, you know, when you, when you do care so much. But – I think those are some of the main issues that pose Fairfield athletics today as to why students don't show up. So thanks for uh, hopping on here with me, Jack, and thanks for uh, aiding me in my final podcasting project. No problem. And I think that's going to wrap up our show today. I know we went a little over an hour, so thank you to everyone who bared with us for this entire show. I knew we were going to have a packed schedule when uh, I made the script yesterday because we don't, we don't usually make scripts too often, but when we do... You know, it's going to be a a banger of an episode. So thanks for everyone listening. I hope you all have a very happy Easter, very happy and safe break. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday on WVF 88.5 FM for Red Sea Radio. For Kyle and Jack, leave you off by saying, Go Stags.